We've become bored with watching actors give us phony emotions. We're tired of pyrotechnics and special effects. While the world he inhabits is, in some respects, counterfeit, there's nothing fake about Truman himself. No scripts, no cue cards. It isn't always Shakespeare, but it's genuine. It's a life. I'm not going to make it. You're going to have to go on without me. No way, mister. You're going to the top of this mountain. Broken legs and all. We find many viewers leave him on all night for comfort. You're crazy, you know that? There is no, there is no difference between a private life and a public life. My, my life is my life. It is the Truman Show? The Truman Show is a lifestyle. It's a noble life. It is a truly blessed life. Yeah, tell me something I don't know. All right, promise me one thing though. If I die before I reach the summit, you'll use me as an alternative source of food. It's all true. It's all real. Nothing here is fake. Nothing you see on this show is fake. It's merely controlled. I love this movie, but uh, what they just told you is a lie. Uh, in my opinion, Kristoff plays the part of Satan in this movie. Because what's he, what he wants to do is control and manipulate um, Truman so that he doesn't get off the island. How many of you have seen the movie? All right, a bunch of you have. Um, they created this this island, and there's water around it, and, and Truman won't leave, and you'll see why in just a minute. But um, his best friend says, nothing is fake, it's merely controlled. And, and everything in the show except Truman is fake. And it just bothers me. It, it drives me crazy until uh, things are resolved at the end. Even the death of, of uh, Truman's father is a controlled thing. And it's, a, it's an act that they put on because they needed to control Truman. And so you're going to see in this next clip, you're going to see why um, the, they wrote his father out of the part. So watch this. But let's remind viewers of exactly why that was written out in the first place. As Truman grew up, we were forced to manufacture ways to keep him on the island. I like to be an explorer, like the Great Magellan. Oh, you're too late. There's really nothing left to explore. Finally, I came up with the concept of Kirk's drowning. Most of them. Truman's been terrified of the water ever since. When Kirk read the synopsis for the Death at Sea episode, he was disappointed, to say the least. And I'm sure that's what caused him to break back onto the set. But how do you intend to explain his 22-year absence? Amnesia. Brilliant. Let's take some of those viewer phone calls. Charlotte, North Carolina, you're on with Christoph. Uh, yeah, uh, hi, Christoph. Uh, I was just wondering how many cameras you got there in that town. Somewhere in the vicinity of 5,000. Oh, that's a lot of cameras. Remember, we started with just one. He was uh, curious from birth. 
premature by two weeks. It was almost as if he couldn't wait to get started. And, of course, his eagerness to leave his mother's womb uh, was the very reason he was the one who was elected. In competition with five other unwanted pregnancies, the casting of a show determined by an air date, Truman was the one who arrived on cue. Incidentally, uh, I believe Truman is the first child to have been legally adopted by a corporation. That's correct. The show uh, has generated enormous revenues now equivalent to the gross national product of uh, a small country. People forget it takes the population of an entire country to keep the show running. Mm -hmm. Since the show is on 24 hours a day without commercial interruption, uh, all those staggering revenues are generated by product placement. That's true. Everything on the show is for sale, from the actor's wardrobe, food products, to the very homes they live in. And, uh, of course, all of it available in the Truman catalog, and operators are standing by. Christoph, let me ask you, why do you think that uh, Truman has never come close to discovering the true nature of his world until now? We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. The Hague for Christoph. Hello. The Hague. All right, we've lost that call. Let's go to Hollywood, California. You're on True Talk. Hi, Christoph. I'd just like to say one thing. You're a liar and a manipulator, and what you've done to Truman is sick. Well, we remember this voice, don't we? How could we forget? Uh, let's go to another call. What do we no, have? No, 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 no. It's, fi it, it's fine, Mike. I, I love to reminisce with former members of the cast. Sylvia... As you announced so melodramatically to the world. You think because you batted your eyes at Truman once, flirted with him, stole a few minutes of airtime with him to thrust yourself and your politics into the limelight, that you know him? That you know what's right for him? You really think you're in a position to judge him? What right do you have to take a baby and, and, and turn his life into some kind of mockery? Don't you ever feel guilty? I have given Truman the chance to lead a normal life. The world, the place you live in, is the sick place. Sea Haven is the way the world should be. He's not a performer. He's a prisoner. Look at him. Look at what you've done to him. He could leave at any time. If his was more than just a vague ambition, if he was absolutely determined to discover the truth. There's no way we could prevent him. I think what distresses you, really, caller, is that ultimately, Truman prefers his cell, as you call it. Well, that's where you're wrong. You're so wrong, and he'll prove you wrong. Well, aside from uh, heated comments of a very vocal minority, it's been an overwhelmingly positive experience couple of things in there that that really stuck out i've watched the show many times but when i'm when i'm going through and, and trying to pick out scenes um sometimes stuff jumps out i was going to go a totally different direction uh when some of these things popped up and and you if you remember a few weeks ago uh we did three amigos and i talked about the right day and the wrong day well I, god brought me back around to a a, a follow-up message with that because this is so much about the people in your life and so um, the first thing he said in there was that he needed to manufacture ways to keep Truman from getting off the island. He didn't want um, Truman to find the truth. And then the other thing he said was, if Truman is absolutely determined to find the truth, there's nothing he can do about it. So those two things I kind of want to focus on. First of all, I want to tell it to you this way. 
Satan wants to manufacture things to keep you from getting off the island. In your life, he wants to keep you from discovering the truth. He knows that if you're absolutely determined to discover the truth, there's nothing that he can do about it. So he's going to do all kinds of things to keep you from figuring out the truth. He's going to put all kinds of things in your life, and he's going to lie to you over and over. Jesus said this in John 8, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right before that, Jesus is talking, and he says, If you continue in my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus knows that when you discover the truth, it's why we built this church for people who are far from God. Because we believe if you come and you hear enough about Jesus, you'll discover the truth. God will reveal that to you and you'll eventually give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. It's why we baptize people. Folks over and over say, I'm giving my heart and my life to Jesus and I want to go public with this Jesus thing because they discovered the truth. So if you're really ready to find it, there's nothing that Satan can do about it. Now, there's, um, there's a couple of things that, that Satan lies about. Jesus called him the father of lies. And when we follow lies, we're following our father, the father of lies. When we follow the truth, we're following Jesus, who is the truth. So there's two things that I've got on your listening guide if you're following along on you version. Two things that Satan lies about over and over to keep you from getting off the island. First is a crisis. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things that he lies about most is circumstances. Um, for example, someone significant in your life could die. And he says, if God really loved you, that person wouldn't have died. Or someone breaks up with you. And Satan says, if, if God really loved you, that person wouldn't have broken up with you. Or your, your marriage wouldn't be ending. Or whatever it is. He lies about circumstances because he wants to control you. He says, God doesn't love you. If God's so good, how come there's so much pain and suffering in this world? How come this happened? How come this? It's what Satan whispers over and over and over again. What better way to defeat you than just to distract you from today so that you're looking at the past and you miss what God has for you today. When we go through Celebrate Recovery, and by the way, let me just say that everybody in here needs Celebrate Recovery. And if you say you don't, then you do even more so than the other people. Because in Celebrate Recovery, really all it is is a, it's a Christ-centered 12-step program where you give all of your life to Christ's care and control. And then you begin to examine what it is that's keeping you from being fully devoted to Christ. And, and what we discover over and over is there's many times there's a major trauma that happened to somebody in their past. They get stuck in their past. Could have happened when they were 16 years old. Something traumatic happened. And, and when you begin to unpeel the layers of their life, you realize that they're stuck at 16. They never have grown up. They could be 50 years old and they're still stuck at 16. Their mindset is 16. Everything that they see about their world is 16 because they're broken and because Satan is lying to them about their circumstances. And he says, that's who you you are. Whatever the trauma is, that's who you are. And that's a lie from hell because God says your past does not define you. What defines you is who do you follow? If you're a child of God, you're a child of the King, you're sons and daughters of the living God. That's the truth about you. God's much more interested in your future than he is in your past. Satan lies about crises to keep you stuck on the Island. It's at those times that you need to go to scripture because scripture does not change. God doesn't change. Here's what he says in Romans 5, 8. This is the uh, New Living Translation. But God showed his great love. Now, I'm just curious. We're getting ready for school. Students getting ready for school. That word showed, is that past tense or present tense? Showed. The key is the E-D. All right. Past. He has demonstrated it once for all. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That means you can't clean yourself up enough to come to God. God 
paid the price before you ever even knew who God was. Before you even knew your parents. Before you even thought any thoughts of sin, God paid the price and made a way for you to come to him. Look at the next part of the verse. So we can... So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us what? Friends of God. The truth will set you free. That's why Satan lies to you over and over about your circumstances, about a crisis that happened in your life. And Satan knows. He knows that that there's nothing he can do if you're determined to discover the truth. He can't stop you. That's why he goes crazy trying to keep you from coming to God. So he lies and distracts you. And see, when you're a child of God, everybody who's born is a creation of God, but not everybody who is born is a child of God. Becoming a child of God is a choice that you must receive the gift that Jesus Christ offered. When you become a child of God, there is no crisis that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Read Romans chapter 8. Stop looking at your circumstances. Start looking at the cross because the cross is this big fat exclamation point where Jesus declared, I love you this much, stretched out his arms and he died. It's an exclamation point. He showed it. He demonstrated it is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, that means there's no work you can do to get you to heaven. All you do is accept what Jesus Christ did. So look at your circumstances always with the backdrop of the cross. You can't, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Get going. Second thing he lies about is your friends. And I really should have put it in quotation marks. So if you're following along on your listening guide or your U version, I see several of you on U version, put quotation marks because I'm going to define friends for you here in a second. Our enemy, which is who is also God's enemy, is the devil. He will use any means necessary to keep you out of the kingdom of God or keep you from becoming um, a productive member of God's family. But you know what he uses more than anything, even more than crisis, you know what he uses? Friends, the people around us. Now, I want you to watch in this next scene how Christoph uses one of, actually Truman's best friend, been his best friend since forever, how he used him to keep him from leaving the island because Truman is figuring out that something's going on. He's figuring out that that everybody else is in on this this thing and, and he's not. And he realizes, he actually says at one point that I, you know, I think I'm going crazy and, and that the world is revolving around him. It's because everybody in his life is an actor who is trying to keep him on the island because they're profiting greatly off of him. So watch how he uses, how Christoph, Satan, uses his best friend. Maybe I'm losing my mind, but it feels like the whole world revolves around me somehow. A lot of world for one man, Truman. Sure that's not wishful thinking? You wishing you'd made something more out of yourself? Come on, Truman. Who hasn't sat in the john, had an imaginary interview on Sea Haven tonight? Who hasn't wanted to be somebody? This is different. Everybody seems to be in on it. I've been your best friend since we were seven years old, Truman. Only way you and I ever made it through school was by cheating off each other's test papers. <laughs> they were identical. But I always felt safe knowing that. Because whatever the answer was, we were right together and we were wrong together. Remember that time I stayed up with you all night in your tent because you wanted to play North Pole? <laughs> and I got pneumonia? <laughs> You remember that? <laughs> you were out of school for about a month. 
the closest thing I ever had to a brother, Truman. I know that things haven't really worked out for either of us like we used to dream they would. I know that feeling when it's like everything's slipping away and you don't want to believe it, so you you look for answers somewhere else, but step in front of traffic for you, Truman. And the last thing I'd ever do is lie to you. And the last thing that I would ever do is lie to you. I mean, think about it, Truman. If, if everybody is in on it, I'd have to be in on it. When I watched this scene, it kind of made me sick to my stomach. Um, because I believe that's exactly how Satan works through people in our lives. If your friends don't know the Bible, if they don't build their lives on the foundation of God's word, and they start giving you opinions, where do their opinions come from? Hell. Because there's a Holy Spirit, and there's an unholy spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants you to go following God's word, wants you to live your life under the, the authority of God's word. The unholy spirit wants you to live your life outside of the authority of God's word. And so you really have two options. Your friends are either pointing you towards God or your friends are pointing you towards the road that leads to destruction. Jesus said so many people are on that road to lead to, that leads to destruction. Very few are on the road that leads to life. Very few are the ones who find that. The people who have the most influence in your life need to be on the narrow road, not the road to destruction. And you might not believe this, but the same forces that were busy in the life of Truman to keep him from discovering the truth are in your life too. These spiritual beings, their job description is to keep you out of the kingdom of God or to keep you failing. They don't want you to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. So really the second best thing, if they can't keep you out of the kingdom of God, they want to make you ineffective because... um, Because Christians who are not fully devoted actually harm the cause of Christ. Because here's what happens. People outside, they say, oh, you're a Christian? Well, I must be a Christian too because I do exactly the same thing you do. There needs to be a difference. We're not here to judge people, but our lives should reflect Jesus Christ, not ourselves. And look what it says in Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. If you don't believe in demons, then you don't believe what Jesus Christ taught. Because Jesus believed in demons, he taught about them, he exercised power over them. We need to be aware of demonic spirits, but we don't have to be afraid of them. Neither, though, do we come against them in our own power, because you will be defeated. Even the archangel Michael, it says in Jude 1, 9, when he was arguing with the devil over the body of Moses, he didn't say anything. He didn't, he didn't do anything except he said, the Lord rebuke you. So somebody who stands up and says, I'm going to fight the devil, they're going to be defeated. Because the only thing we're supposed to, if, if the archangel says the Lord rebuke you, that's all I need to do. 
I need to stand behind my heavenly father, be clothed with the blood of Jesus Christ, be cleansed, and then I don't have to fear the enemy. I just say the Lord rebuke you and he has to flee. Now, if you have a cell phone, I want you to hold up your cell phone real quick. Real quick. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. Did you know that I can predict your future with amazing accuracy if all I do is scroll through the numbers in your phone? I could make a few phone calls, ask some strategic questions about you, and, to, and, and based on what your friends, your closest friends, your favorites tell me about you, I can predict your future with amazing accuracy. Here's why. It's like we're little mirrors and we reflect people in our lives. And the people in your life will reflect to me and tell me what kind of person you are. When God created you, he made you different. He made you unique. Different is good. Unique is good. But what is happening too often, and this is so bad in our, in our country right now, everybody is doing the politically correct thing and everybody's just on the road to hell. And they want everybody else to be with them. And scripture even says that you celebrate. The people on the road to hell, they celebrate when another person goes to hell. Woo! They do not celebrate when a person becomes a fully devoted follower of Christ. Because that shows the difference. I'm, I'm not trying to reflect myself. I'm trying to reflect a heavenly father, a savior. And when I do that, Jesus said, you're going to be persecuted. And so if you're not being persecuted, you may be on the road to hell. You're certainly not pointing anyone towards Christ. So you want to be, you want to be different. You want to be who God created you to be. When you go with the crowd, you lose your uniqueness. You never take the land that God wants you to take. You never become the person that God wants you to be. So you've got to hang out with the right people. You know, a couple weeks ago I said, what, what did they influence you to do that you would not have done if they had not been around? What did the wrong they influence you to do that you would not have done had they not been around? But also, what did the right they influence you to do that you would not have done if they'd not been around? We've got to think about the right they and the wrong they. Now, we're, the only way we're ever going to discover who we are is to look to our creator you, you can't look inside and discover why you were created. You need to talk to the creator, the one who made you. And so that's why we open up God's word every week. It's a mirror that shows us what we're really like. So in the Old Testament, there's the book of Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So what book, what number is that? Four. four. It's called Numbers, but it's number four in the, in the Bible. All right. That that was a test. The Israelites are on the edge of the promised land, and God told Moses to send out some spies. He said, pick 12 men, one from each tribe, send them into the promised land. They're going to go on this secret reconnaissance mission, and I want them to come back and, and report to you. Now, Moses is the leader. Aaron is his spokesman. They pick the 12 spies, they send them out, and then they come back and, and they're going to tell Big Mo what happened. And here's what they said. This is uh, Numbers 13, starting in verse 27. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. That just means everything you need to, to not just sustain life, but to thrive. Everything is there. They all agreed to that. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. So they brought back some of the clusters of grapes and different things, and they put it before Moses. Here's what they said. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Um, How many of you know who Andre the Giant was? So, like, he must have come from the the sons of Anak, you know, because he was huge, right? 
So we saw big people there. Now, 12 spies went and they all agreed. The land is awesome. The cities, yeah, they're big and they're bad. The people, they're big and they're bad. They all had the facts, but only two of them had faith. They all said, it is good land. And something you need to understand, whenever God wants you to take some territory for him, whenever God wants new life to take some territory, in our marriage, in, with our friends, around the office, on the team, at the company, anytime God wants you to take some land for him, the right day and the wrong day will be present. And the way you tell the, the right day is they have faith. Every one of them had the facts, but only two of them had faith. And I didn't put this on your listening guide, but this is actually verse 30. Caleb, this is, this is the guy I named my son after because I was so impressed with his character in scripture. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go in at once and take the land. We can conquer it. Because he's like, God said we could do it. If God's with us, we're, we're okay. Look what the people said. This is... This is on the screen or uh, on your, it's not on your listening guide, but it's on the U version. Um, hang on. I got, there it is. 10 of 12 spies become the wrong they. Here it is, verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. They disagreed with Caleb. Caleb said, let's go take it. 10 of them say, nope, we can't. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. All right. We're going to talk about the right day and the wrong day. The wrong day first. Here's the wrong day. The wrong day are always negative. Caleb said, let's go take the land. No, we can't take the land. They're the glass half empty people. And when you hang out with the wrong day, you become one of them. We never take the land God wants us to take. Now, here's the second thing. I'm going to read the verses and then tell you the, the second thing on your listening guide. Numbers 14, verse 1. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Are you stinking kidding me? The whole community began to weep loudly and they cried all night. Ah! Seriously? The people who had gone through the sea. It parted. The 10 plagues, God delivered them through the 10 plagues. The last plague was the death angel. It's what started the Passover, the national celebration of how good God is, how powerful God is. They'd seen all kinds of miracles when they needed water. God brought them water from a rock. Ah! Look what they say. Their voices rose in a great chorus. <laughs> protest against Moses and Aaron. We just sang songs of worship to God. These were not songs of worship. If only we had died in Egypt or here, even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? <laughs> and they cried all night. Dude, I, I don't know how Joshua and Caleb didn't just smack them in the mouth and say, Man up! So here it is. First is they're always negative, but the second thing is the wrong they, their negativity is contagious. This is big. Negativity ought to be on the center for disease control list of infectious diseases. It ought to be the most infectious disease out there because negativity spreads. Have you noticed that? It doesn't matter where you are, it spreads. The wrong days began to grumble all this junk about what God wanted them to do. And, and, and the whole nation is like, I just can't believe it. God. Now, here's the thing. The wrong people, the third thing is they're why people. W-H-Y, why people. Now, let me explain. Why is a good question. 
I don't have a problem with why, but look what they said. Can you go back to the, the last verse of uh, verse three of Numbers 14, one through three? Why is the Lord taking us to this country? If they put a period right there, that's okay. It's okay to ask God why. Here's what they did. They assumed only to have us die in this battle. Did God ever say they were going to die in battle? And those of you who know the rest of the story, did they die in battle? No, they died walking around the wilderness. They went in for 40 days, spied the land. They came back out and they said, we can't take the land. Our God is not big enough to take the land. God said, you will wander in the wilderness one year for each day you were in the promised land. 40 years you will wander in the desert until everyone below the age, uh, above the age of 20 dies because you men should have followed me. You refuse to follow me. You will die in the wilderness. So they wandered around for 40 years till every one of them was dead except Joshua and Caleb the two who had faith. See, why is a good question, but you can't tack on the end, the assumption. Oh, God's taking me here just to cause me to die. No. God calls you to do something. If he calls you to do something, he will provide. And if I die doing something that God's called me to do, don't you think he planned it that way? Because probably someone's going to come into the kingdom because I die. Because you die. That's okay. Paul said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I love my church, but come on. If the description of heaven is even close, and and actually the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love him. We can't even imagine heaven. If I get an illness and I'm on my deathbed, pray that the Lord takes me home. And comforts my family. Because when I walk the streets of gold, I don't want to come back. You won't either. The right they are, why not people? Why not take the land? Why not join the church? Why not step up and step out from the wrong day to the right? Why not build the building? Why not start the company? Why not? I want to be around why not people, right? I think you do too. Because they're going to point me to God. And, and the thing with the wrong people is they never shut up. I'm continuing in verse 3. If you're on version, you've already seen that. Here's what they say, continuing in verse 3. Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted against among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt because that sounds like a great plan. Let's go back to slavery. Yeah, sign me up. Everybody, they wanted to vote. Now, several years ago, this is, this is about 20 years ago, I began to realize that almost every time in the scripture that they voted, the majority voted wrong. The majority here said, let's go back to Egypt. Two of them said, no, no, let's follow God. So that's the next thing on your, on your listening guide. The right, they are always in the minority. Study world history. What what you'll find is almost every time the majority's wrong. Hitler had a majority. He was wrong. God always works through a remnant of faithful people because then he gets the glory. That's why we don't do votes around here. And we're not saying that any one of us knows at all. What we do is we try to pray before we make major decisions. We give people the opportunity to talk to God because God's not the author of confusion. If God tells me something, he's going to tell you the same thing. Or he may tell you first and then I go pray and God goes, you know what? They're right. That's the way the family of God is supposed to work. 
right? They are always a minority. In the office, around the neighborhood, at school, at college, the right they are in the minority and you need to hang, hang out with the right they. Now, in this last video clip, I want you to see Truman has a massive decision to make because his whole world says, don't you leave Sea Haven. And even Christoph, I keep calling him Satan because that's what I think he is. Satan begins to speak to him directly and he says, I know you better than you know yourself. Don't make this choice. Watch this. You can speak. I can hear you. Who are you? I am the creator of a television show that gives hope and joy and inspiration to millions. Then who am I? You are the star. Was nothing real? You were real. That's what made you so good to watch. Listen to me, Truman. There's no more truth out there than there is in the world I created for you. Same lies. The same deceit. But in my world, you have nothing to fear. I know you better than you know yourself. You never had a camera in my head. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah. I love that part because... He wants to go off and live his own life. He wants to do what he was created to do, and he wasn't created to be on a TV show. Satan has been watching you your whole life, and he's been putting things in your life to try to get you off of as far away from God as possible so you can't even hear his voice. 
But God also has put some people in your life who will point you to him. And, and that's the last thing about the right they. They talk about the Lord. Joshua and Caleb, if you read about them, they talk about the Lord all the time. The wrong they, listen to what they say. God's not mentioned one time. They say, oh, they're big. They're powerful. Their cities are fortified. We can't do it. Ah! Who are they talking about? Are they talking about God? They're talking about the enemy. The wrong they has you focused on the wrong things. But the right they, they're going, yeah, yes, they're big. Yep, they're bad. Um, I heard a, a guy one time, this man prayed four hours a day. He did a prayer conference one time, and he was one of the most spiritual people I've ever been around. He was talking about a conference they had somewhere on the, the East Coast one time. And, uh, and they were having this massive conference in this massive arena, and thousands and thousands of people are there learning about prayer. And they find out that a hurricane is headed directly for the arena. And so they're, they're like, should we cancel? Should we cancel? And he said, no, why don't we pray? And so they got thousands of people together in the arena. They got down on their knees and they prayed. And they said that at the time they prayed, the storm made a jaunt north and it totally missed them. They were able to finish the thing. Now here's what the right, they say, yep, there's a storm coming and it may hit us, but God is bigger than the storm. They talk about God. They point you towards God. They're big, they're bad, cities are fortified, but God has given us the land. Let's do what God has called us to do. You need friends who say to you, what does the Bible say about that? You need people who, who will point you to God because let's be honest, when I'm in a crisis, I don't need your opinion. When you're in a crisis, you don't need my opinion. Whose do you need? The creator. Because he has a different perspective. He can see tomorrow. He knows the next domino that's going to fall. You need someone who says, what does God say? Because everyone around you, everyone around you is going to tell you their opinion, and it's not of God. And I don't know how many times I've had people call me, I've had people come see me, and they said, the reason I'm here is because you'll tell me the truth. Everyone else in my life is telling me to go this way. You're the only one that's pointing me towards God. That's got to stop. Not people come and ask me. Me being the only one. You need to be the type of person who says, let's check with God first before we open our mouths. Even Joshua, who got to lead the people into the promised land, the second city they went to take, they got defeated because someone had stolen some property that God said not to steal. And so the whole nation so, so Joshua rips his clothes and he starts crying and God says to him, why are you crying? Get up. That, I added the get up. <clears throat> he said, why are you praying to me? There's sin in the camp. Deal with sin and then we'll go take the rest of the promised land. You need people that are going to point you to God. So let me show you a few things. And, and let, me, wait, let me just say this first. There are people in this church who are the wrong they. We're trying to reach people who are far from God. So just because they come to new life doesn't mean that they have, that they're going to point you towards God. We will love the wrong they. We will encourage them. We will hang out with them except in areas where they might cause us to compromise. It is perfectly acceptable for you to say, I'm sorry, I can't go there. I'm not spiritually mature enough to watch R-rated movies. If you call me up and at, even, even my son has called me up and said, hey, you want to go to a movie? And I say, what's it rated? Oh, it's R. Sorry, dude, I can't go. Because I'm not mature enough to handle that. You may be, I really seriously doubt it. Especially if you're a dude. And mostly why it's R is because there's naked women on there. I'm sorry, you can't handle it. 
you're not spiritually mature enough to handle it. Come talk to me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you to your face. You can't handle that. I'm not going to hang out with the wrong they in any area where they try to cause me to compromise. I can't do that. But neither can you. Not if you're going to be who God wants you to be. Not if you're going to reflect his glory. You cannot hang out with the wrong they in certain areas. Love them, yes. Encourage them, yes. Pray with them, pray for them, yes. But don't hang out with them. Because they will pull you down. Now, i got some questions on your listening guide. Actually, I didn't. Did I get all of them on the listening guide? Yes, I did. I didn't get them on you version. Here's just some questions to ask about the people in your life. Do the they in my life cause me to love God more or less? That's, that's real simple, more or less. Do the they in my life cause me to love his church more or less? Do the people in my life cause me to have pure relationships more or less? Do the people in my life applaud my uniqueness more or less? Do the people in my life fire up greed and envy in me because you know that greed and envy are bad? And they will destroy you. So if people, if they're causing me to be envious of other things, if they're causing me to want more and more stuff, they're the wrong they. And if you have a negative answer to any one of these simple questions about the people in your life, they're the wrong they. And as long as you hang out with them, you will never become the person that God wants you to be. But the cool thing is God has always provided a way for us to have the right people in our lives. So a lot of the people in this room are the right they. Some of the people that are the wrong day, they're just immature or they're not even in, in, in Christ yet. We're going to love them into the kingdom and we're going to try to grow them up so they become the right day. And so we just are this right day factory. So that when you go to small groups, the people there, they're not going to say, oh, well, you do this and this. And this. No, they're going to say, let's talk about it. what does the Bible say? I get phone calls all the time. Does God do this? Does God do this? And, and, and the first thing I say is not according to scripture. Well, and then people argue with me. Like, that's fine. Your experience, you may have had this wonderful experience, but scripture says this, and, and, and I'm, I am discounting your experience. Sorry. Because the word of God says something different, and it doesn't change. Your experience has changed. Your opinion of your experience has changed, but the word of God does not change. So I'm going to pray that God will bring the right day into your life. Now, you have your registration cards. I want you to do a couple of things there. Fill those out real quickly. And then on the back, I want to ask you to write something down. On the left-hand side, write the initials of somebody in your life who is the right kind of person, who, who points you to God, who does all those things I, I told, told you about. They're why not people. Then on the right side over there, I want you to put the initials of somebody who is the wrong they in your life. And when I ask you to do something this week, I want you to contact the person who's the right they and tell them thank you for pointing you to God. And I want you to commit to praying for the wrong they, that they'll get in the kingdom of God or they'll come back to the kingdom of God and God will change their life. Now, let me give you some announcements. We're going to be dismissed here. Next Sunday is the last of our summer blockbusters. It's Simon Birch. Have y'all seen that movie? Oh, that's a great movie. I say that about all of them, don't I? I don't pick sorry movies. Next Sunday night also, uh, Sunday the 16th, 6 p.m., workers' appreciation dinner. You don't have to bring a thang except yourself. If you are coming, please let us know that so we make sure we have enough food and we'll have child care that night. So we need to know how many children are coming. So write that on the back of your card. If you, even if you did it before, I've got a list already of people who've already put that on there. So write that on the back of your card.
Now, August 22nd, we're doing clothing in Christ's name, and those ladies are getting ready to help with this. We want you to bring clothes. I'm, I'm personally buying 10 um, uh, polo shirts that for, for Palestine or Westwood. We want folks to, to make a commitment to buy some, some clothes like that, bring clothes that you're not going to use, but we also want to have some new things, some school uniforms for, uh, for the moms and, and the folks who come. That day also, we are going to, we're asking you, the ladies that are going to be out there handing out a Kroger sack. If you take a Kroger sack, we're asking that you go and you fill it up sometime between now and, and August 22nd. You get us, get it back to us that week because we need to make sure and go through the and make sure that that, that everything in here is um, non-perishable. So what you're going to do is you're going to go and and we don't we have a guide if you need a guide of things to buy, but it's it's stuff like hamburger helper and it's you know anything canned goods. We want you to fill up this sack because we're going to plan for a hundred people to be here. We don't know if they're going to be here or not. We want to plan for a hundred, so we need a hundred sacks. That's how many we have out here. If you take a sack, please fill it up with non-perishables. Bring it back in the next week to ten days. So we need it by a week from Wednesday at the latest. And, and so we're going to give that out. Then we're also going to hand out sack lunches that day. We're going to have some, some sandwiches and some chips and a drink. And if you want to help with any of that stuff, write it on the back of your card. Brian's in charge of the, the sacks. He's our keyboard player that nobody knows we have because he's in the dark over there. We always tell him we're going to put a spotlight on him, but he said no. He chose to be in the dark. Um, but he and his wife are, are uh, the head of our, it's called Him Hearts in Motion. But we want to do three things that day. We want to bless the socks off of anybody that comes in the door. So that, that six months from now when we do another one, people are spreading the word. They're going to say, whatever you do, you want to go to this one because those people are going to bless you. So we need clothes, we need food, and then we need people to help us on that day. It's 22nd from 10 until 1, three hours that day. And uh, I'm, I'm going sometime, hopefully this week, to talk to the Herald Press, and, and they're going to do an article about this because we want, we want to just bless the socks off of people. Uh, let's see. August 23rd, start a brand new series called Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. I'm really excited about that series. And then August 29th, that's a Saturday, 4 p.m., we have rented out one movie theater at Shulman Theaters. We're going to see the movie War Room. It's a Christian movie, and, and we need you guys to, to, we need to sell at least 100 tickets. Last week, I had people, 31 people sign up, so if we just keep getting 30 or so sign up for tickets, then, then we'll be good. Put that on the back of your card, and I will write your name down. Um, how many tickets you want for that day. All right, we're going to pray and we're going to be dismissed. If you didn't see the Haiti video, we're just going to play it as you're dismissed. Um, we had a great time in Haiti. We have already set the date next year, July 16th. Uh, actually, 15 through 22, we'll get in Haiti on the 16th. And uh, I'm going to be going down for a scouting mission in a couple of months and uh, going around the country. Almando is, is one of my good friends there. And he's going to drive me around, show me a couple of options. Uh, we'll be somewhere on the coast. We just don't know which coast we'll be on next year. Don't know anything about it until I go and see. But be in prayer about that because regardless of where we go, Haiti will change your life. Mike and Tricia, we tell them they have to come all the time uh, because Haiti rocked their world. And several of you said you want to go next year. Now is the time to begin praying. And, and I'm just going to tell you, you're going to, you're going to love the country. You're going to love the people. And, and what Mike said the last night uh, in our, in our group time, he said, I love the country, love the people. But what he, what he remembers most is the, the relationships he made with, with new life people in another country changes your life. Um, we have a, we have a new relationship with, with, and, and I've been around Mike and Tricia for a long time, been in my small group for a year, 
but but hanging out with them in the in a country there is you've you've not seen entertainment till you see Mike uh, Thatcher try to talk to uh, children who don't understand English. It's one of the coolest things you'll ever see. And and if they don't understand, he just says the same thing again. So they don't understand it ten times. It's awesome. I'm telling you, it's awesome to watch. All right, so we're going we're gonna to pray, and if you want to watch this video, uh, we're just going to let it run. It's about four minutes long. If not, you are dismissed. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your love. Thank you that the tomb is empty, and the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to followers of yours. Help us surround ourselves with the right people who will point us to you, God, who, who, will, who will increase our faith, not tear us down. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.